10 years of making a difference. It's an honor to be able to work with Team Jack to help tell Lamaya's story, to tell him that we need money for cures. And without them, we wouldn't be able to do that. For 10 years, Nebraska has stepped up to fight pediatric brain cancer. And the fight continues later this month. And it's just opening people's eyes to pediatric brain tumor. The 10th annual Team Jack Radiothon, September 29th, all across Nebraska. Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Hunter. He's a junkyard dog. <laughs> Kenny Bell ran up to me and like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> get mad. Would you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad! GBR. Go Big Red Indeed, Season 3, Episode 7 of the No Block No Rock Podcast. Coming to you once again from the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room, 108th and Harrison. Guys, just really quickly, let's talk about what we're drinking. It is this season, even though it's like 92, I'm drinking that wick for brains. Yeah, basic bitch beer, I let's can't go. resist it. I'm the Wick for Brains man. Did you have a pumpkin spice latte this morning? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right before work. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yes. There you go. Pumpkin cold brew. <laughs> Mike, fuck you. What are you drinking? Oh, uh, I am drinking the Ale Storm. Uh, stirred up for the Storm Chasers. I am drinking the beer that is made for the AAA affiliate for the Royals. Indeed. Great beer uh, here at the tap room, and it is canned everywhere, so go get it. It's really good. Heck yeah. Kyle, what you drinking? The usual Taco de Vesa. Taco de Vesa. Yeah, Vesa. so uh, we actually had a listener fly in from Florida. Yeah. Came into the tap room and specifically mentioned that he came here because of the podcast. Mike, that's what a, is, what's his name? That's a shout-out to Turner Hoffman. Turner And we we have done like questions. He's, he's submitted things for us in the past. But the dude came all the way from Florida to watch us get our ass kicked by Oklahoma, and he made a stop in the tap room to try some of this beer, the Taco Vesa yeah. and the Cow Tipper, and I heard that he got taken care of pretty good. So shout out, Turner. Thanks for coming into the tap room. We have a awesome special guest. We teased it on Twitter. Um, Chris Schmidt. A, a man. Guys, good to see you. A man whose work ethic could never be questioned. Never. <laughs> this guy. Now, on Twitter, I, I've seen a lot of. Lance Leipold tweets a lot of Kansas football, mm-hmm. and people are saying Kansas football is a wagon. You've heard this? Like, they're a wagon. Hop aboard. Like, if they're a good team, the they're a wagon. Bandwagon. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna call you a wagon. Chris Schmidt is a damn wagon. Let's hop aboard. You know what I mean? We're on the Schmidt train tonight. Let's you guys go. You are very kind. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep feeding you beer. Yeah. <laughs> and we will Chris, not resist. Chris, what are you drinking? Just doing the... Uh, the uh, the old Pilsner. The right? Pilsner. That's the Connor special. That's yeah. the only thing he drinks. He's filling in for Connor's seat right now, and he had to drink the, the Connor special. That's right. That's right. The Nebraska Hills. Connor's stash. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that we'll board stash. On, we'll see him on Vivid a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. about, okay, you take his stash. You give him your voice because your your voice is just prime. Oh, my Marble God. red. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not now. Not ever. That's what it is. All right, guys. Well, let's let's get a little bit into this Nebraska game. And I want to start this off with a little, a little update from the NCAA. Due to safety precautions, the NCAA has changed games from 60 minutes to five minutes. Yes. yes. Streets Nebraska won. We're tied. No, <laughs> sweet. Hey, I'll take whatever, first whatever five, that was. first five minutes. The, the place felt and sounded like it's supposed to. Man, yep, we did our then job. The scramble happened. Yeah, and then Dylan Gabriel goes off for sixty-one yards. His little scamper. I thought he stepped out of bounds. It's not even I a run. He might have around the fifteen, as but well. they didn't even look at it. Like that's why I was so concerned because of that next touchdown. They they did look at, it, and I was like, that's obviously a touchdown. But then like. I thought he stepped out, and then I looked at it later, and it wasn't. But no. still, they yeah. didn't even take a look at it. So Nebraska, they give up 580 total yards and 331 yards rushing. A significant chunk of that was the Dylan Gabriel scamper, and I'm not calling it a run. That was a scamper, just like light foot. He was expecting <laughs> to go down to the fifth, wasn't he? Though right, and then he's like, and he's like, wait, there's no one this here. Is, this is a little too easy. 
<laughs> what is going on here? Like, he didn't want to be running anymore. He's like, uh, someone going to hit me? Nope. Like you said, beautiful first drive. And you had that three and out and then the first drive. And that, that pass to Trey Palmer. It's great. Great play action. And it's, it's like, could this be the day where Nebraska does something it seems like every other team can do? And that is beat a team that they're not supposed to. Can they upset somebody? But they just got straight outclassed the rest of the way. And they ended up losing 49 to 14. Ugh. They could have been worse, too. They, they called the dogs off in that game. Oh, it like, could have been 70. 49 unanswered, come from behind, oh. vintage Oklahoma. Uh, right. Yeah. That's, that's the classic Nebraska versus Oklahoma we all know and love, right? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I mean, so this, this game results in the defensive coordinator, Eric Chenander, being let go the next day. And Bill Bush takes over as the defensive coordinator. Now, Mike, you had mentioned that this guy, he's been around the block. Yeah. Especially as a D coordinator. Mm-hmm. He had been to Rutgers and Utah State, for whatever it's worth. Yeah, he has been a DC at two schools, which to me, I was like, okay, Bill Bush, why? Out of all the guys on the de- defensive staff, why is Bill Bush the guy? And then I, I looked into it and it's like, oh, he actually has been a DC. So that's nice. That's reassuring to it's me. Familiarity. Yeah. Even Nikki, LSU, Nebraska, two Nebraska guys. Previously, mm-hmm. and so, so the ne- so the question is, Chris and me, Chris Schmidt. I didn't hear this. Maybe I missed it. Who is taking care of special teams now? We will ask Mickey tomorrow about eleven thirty. Indeed, and maybe maybe Mickey is taking care of special teams. I hope you got a lot of coaches that that's their baby, that's their mm-hmm. priority mm-hmm. beyond Harbaugh and Baltimore, right? I mean, Barnett would coaches special teams. Saban coaches special teams. A lot of the high-level head guys, they know it's that important of a third phase to be locked into it. If they're paying attention to it, it's going to trickle down. And if it's emphasized, it'll be respected. And you know what? Mims did too much work getting outside Mm -hmm. from an early momentum jolt against OU, bringing it back to to Oklahoma. So, no, I get it. And with with Bushy, he's a guy that is, is similar to Mickey, super positive isn't going to blow smoke, mm-hmm. but he's going to coach up. And Bush is in that same cloth of pretty vintage recruiters. Yep. Uh, learned under Solich, learned under Coach Darlington, very dogged, and will not be outworked. And he's brought in a lot of talent over his years, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a lot of – he got Burrow from Ohio State yep. to LSU. <laughs> he got Alex Smith for Urban at Utah. Uh, he got Prince to Lincoln, okay? I yep. mean, so – Bush has got a lot of first rounders under his belt, and uh, he'll he'll approach it the right way, and uh, we'll see. I, Chins was a good dude, always friendly. Uh, to me, it was the bright spot of the Frost era. One hundred percent, right? Yep. So yeah. you just you were just out of bullets or out of experience anyway uh, on the defensive side this year. That that that's tough to talk about because it is got to be frustrating for for Nebraska fans clearly, but just where this program's at four years and three games, four games into this, uh, this frost era. Mm-hmm. I know they're not here anymore, but you're supposed to have plenty of options ready to go. Second and third team, if first team's not getting it done or first team's hurt. And I loved your point. Our, our very first episode, we br- we had brung up Frank Beamer. Beamer ball, baby. You know, he's, he's the, the a ones special teams, head coach guy where, when the head coach emphasizes it, everybody else falls in line. And it's not just, oh, it's the last portion of practice. You know, this is like our little cool down section. You know what I mean? It's five minutes on the treadmill. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and another thing, right? Marvin Mims, it's not like he, he returned anything for a touchdown or anything like that. But you watch the coverage team not get there. And I, I'm watching Marvin Mims go down the sideline with quite a bit of room. And I'm just like, Nebraska can't... I think the negative one yard that Trey Palmer got was the longest one of the year or something like that. And it's like, why can't Nebraska just have a moment where they do something like that? Get Newcomb or Dewan or somebody to... Not even, I'm not even asking for that. You're not, you're not asking for an All-American? Slightly better <laughs> than be, Santino Panico. Yeah, the, Slightly. the Santino years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> better than 04. I, I don't have an answer for you other than... Your thoughts are echoed by many. Yeah. 
And you look at Mims, it's it's energy. They didn't need better field position, but they sure as hell got it. Sure. Yep. And it's a shorter field, and they were in rhythm anyway. It's just more juice for them. Mm-hmm. And they got pushed, they got poked, they responded. And uh, and OU, I, I can't figure out just where they looked incredible. That may be mostly because of Nebraska, or they may be that good. I don't know yet. I need a few more games for OU. I need to see them against K-State. I need to see them against Iowa State. I want to see them. Uh, against Texas, clearly. And then mm-hmm. uh, back to the wagon discussion point. Let's see where KU's at yeah. in the uh, Trev Alberts Bowl. Uh, yeah. Right. As they host <laughs> Iowa State Ain't in that's two weeks. Something. I love how so, you go on to that. That's great. <laughs> well, it, it's funny you say that, too. You know, Oklahoma, you know, they, they put on a clinic. And I want to ask you, do you think that Oklahoma wasn't showing a lot in their first two games and they kind of just, un, like, unloaded on Nebraska? Or do you think it was more of a – Hey, we're we're Oklahoma, and you guys are a coachless Not Nebraska team. They they started out with a th- that three three five deal. That's too many players, but you get my point, right? Right. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I was right. There's eleven. Carry there the one. Uh, so, but it felt like there was thirteen on the field. That's exactly yeah, what right? I said. Didn't yep. It? Between coming off the edge, they tweaked some things up. I think they looked at Nebraska and saw what they have or don't have. Right. At, at tackle mm-hmm. to protect. <laughs> and, and then they adjusted, right? Nebraska's doing well with some quick throws. And then they hit them big time over the top to Palmer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, OU got real serious, did some press it, coverage. Yeah. Started throwing Where, people around. In-game adjustments? Is that like, is that what you would call that, right? <laughs> well, they just, they said, our dudes can beat up your dudes and it worked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seemed like they kind of took the the first drive off a little bit, and they're just and like, see what they want to do, right? We're, we're fine. You get, get your cute little touchdown, but there's still 58 minutes left to go in this game. Like, we just want to see kind of what you're going to do here. It just seemed like the they they let the dogs off at the end and at the beginning too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and on your point with the defense, and this is kind of talking back to Eric Shenander, and we keep hearing this thing about scheming and everything like that. You looked at Oklahoma's defense, and you didn't know what was happening. There was just dudes like wandering around, like you had no idea what they were going to do, who was rushing, who wasn't. And then you looked at Nebraska's defense. You'd have two high safeties, and then what would Oklahoma do? They'd just run it up the middle because they knew there was nobody there to help. And and there was like no hiding anything on Nebraska's defense. And uh, and and it's just kind of incredible, like looking at the contrast between the two, because Oklahoma was just kind of everywhere. And like you said, it looked like they had thirteen to fifteen people on the field at all times. Oklahoma could have done a Barry Switzer tribute and not thrown a pass. Switzer won a game, I think, in '85, not throwing a pass. The straight wishbone where they rock Kansas or somebody. Uh, they could have done that all day on Saturday. Yeah. They wanted to keep running the football with those two backs. Their athleticism, their stomp and start, their burst. Nebraska had no answer. There was and, no mystery. And, and OU's O line was so good. Yep. And they and they put out really good linemen the last yeah. five, ten years, right? So you had a monster mountain to climb if you're Nebraska. Uh, at least you have a, a bit of time off to, to go back to work. For ten years, we've been sharing the stories of Nebraska kids fighting brain cancer, and you've been there to fight with them. To those of us fighting every day, it means the world that they, you know, they take the time to do that for, for our kids. Be ready to fight on September 29th, the 10th annual Team Jack Radiothon, presented by the Home Agency, all across Nebraska. Go Team Jack! All right. Get all the details at TeamJackFoundation.org. So we mentioned Chenander getting let go. You look at that staff, there are still a handful of Frost guys on that staff. Becton, Rude, um, Fisher, Fisher. Dawson. Dawson. So like, what are, what are they thinking right now? Like, what's their, what's their goal right now? Well, their goal is to, to get their position group better, first and foremost. Their goal is to find some depth they can use, that there's not a gap or drop off. Their goal may be to find a new starter, right? So those are all things you're working on this week and next. And you just got to be a professional and keep grinding. And maybe you show and prove enough to, to be retained mm-hmm. by either Mickey or whoever's the new coach. Or you at least got, okay, hey, I'm going to get a great recommendation and I'm going to go elsewhere. Right. Yeah. They're all going to make a boatload of money, right? Because they went from Central Florida, what they were paying, to 
living high on the hog at Nebraska for, for five-year contracts. Yep. Uh, this is the most money there. And Fisher's turned down jobs. He has. He's Florida, Tennessee, they've, they, they know what he can do. Becton's been really high level as well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Dawson was in the NFL and then came back. And I think a problem you have with the defensive line is I don't know that the Tuioti brought in much. I think he was pretty good at teaching and coaching mm-hmm. as far as recruiting. Yeah. That was more a Dawson. And I think you've got a, a philosophy difference in body type from what Dawson wants or had recruited to what Tuioti had brought in. So I think that's, that's something you're seeing right now. I mean, okay. Robinson right now is in year two of starting and he's a guy that doesn't have a, a running mate, right? There's no Daniels right. next to yeah. him. Right there, and I think Caleb Tanner is probably your your best quick twitch guy. Garrett's your your hard worker and talented, and he's going to be relentless. But you need some help. You you've gone heavy in the portal with three high level experienced defensive linemen and Drew, uh, of course, and Win, mm-hmm. and then and then you have Mathis, right? And those guys need to be putting up better numbers than they are. No kidding. Quite obvious. So we going back to Bill Bush, what type of defense do you expect Bill Bush to execute? Is it going to be more 4-3, 3-4? Three, three, what, what do you think is going to happen? I think Bush, being an analyst last year, he knows the personnel, right? And it's a matter of what type of personnel he thinks can can give him the best shot. And, and I think you might see more of a shift to a 4-3. Yep. But I think they're going to be more – they're going to ask kids to do what they're capable of. And you have the whole one gap versus two gaps. So I think it's important for, for Bush to know what their strength can be. And, and that may be a question mark right now. Yeah. Because they're not stopping anybody. Right. right. And I think so something that we've kind of talked about a little bit um, off air, a little bit on air is just like Mickey Joseph, um, Donnie Riola with the stuff that he was facing prior to the season starting, um, it, it kind of just gets this feel that's like you're destined to to fail. Yeah. Because it's Shit like sandwich. Yeah. It, it, because like now you're trying to make these like foundational changes in the middle of the season right before Big Ten play. And to this point, you're giving up this amount of yards. You can't stop the run. You can't stop the pass. Like nothing is working. And now you've got coaching changes. So guys are hurting from that. And then now you're trying to make foundational changes as far as your scheming goes. It's it's just like something that you see all over Twitter. It's like people just have a lot of hope that, you know, Mickey coming in with a new voice, it kind of changes some things or Bill Bush taking over the defense, maybe that changes some things. But it's like, man, we're we're in the middle of the season. Like everything they've been learning for the last, you know, the whole off season. Now we're having to change everything, and we're getting ready to go into Big Ten play. Like it's crazy. I don't know that they're gonna change scheme per se, or what. They'll change what they ask him to do, but I think that the difference will be, fellas, is I think Bush and Mickey with how they practice will get them maybe more prepared. Yeah, tackling. I mean, just simple stuff that we all think is take, it's taken for granted, but clearly Nebraska's had a pro-style practice set up where mm-hmm. some guys are better at it than others, but there's a lot of refinement that needs to go on so you're good at doing it in Big Ten play. Right. And to be honest, Nebraska's not been – good enough this year. You know, last year they had guys that have been in the program four, five, six years, right? You had yep. JoJo to make up for mistakes. You had Stilly that had been in the program, you know, grown man. And, and Dismuke and Deontay. Yeah, and, just... and, and whatever their shortcomings may be in, in coverage, they knew where the hell to be three steps ahead so they could play faster. Don't yep. have that right now. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up Donnie Raiola. And one of the main reasons why I picked them to go five and seven at the beginning of the year, which is, that is looking optimistic even, yeah. was because of the offensive line. I just could not get over it. And it, it had nothing to do with Donnie Raiola. Nothing. No, because you have the, to block. The yeah. you have, well, you got Nori that was out at the beginning of the year, and you got Prohaska coming off an injury, and just a, a makeshift line in my opinion. You're, you're seeing number 54 and number 69. We don't have to say the names. We're good. 69. Well, nice. that's like the, oh, not that's nice. Like the, yeah, not, not nice. nice. Yeah. The first 69 not nice in history. And, and no bug you, around. <laughs> you're you're seeing 54 see a guy cross his face, and he like he sees him, but he pretends he doesn't see him, and kind of it, it goes outside. It, it goes into the ghost block where he's like waiting for something to come at him. So I'm just saying my point with Donnie Raiola, you see 54 do that, and that is not coaching in my opinion. That's just straight up mentality 
and not wanting to touch someone. Whereas when you're an offensive lineman, that's literally your job is to get your hands on somebody. So the the job is this to take 54 out and mm-hmm. put maybe a Hunter Anthony in or some other option. Yeah. I think Nebraska's quite frankly, their problem is, okay, uh, this is not good, but this is the best you got. Yeah. Maybe that's your issue. Well, that and was again back to four years plus yep. of recruiting and developing. And let's go grab another option where you have 18 linemen, either recruited or portal. And you've got your three top 150 commits, right? You've got Corcoran, you've got Ben Hart, right? And then Teddy's hurt with the shoulder. I mean, those are three top 150 guys at Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa. Yeah. Bam. I mean, guys got letters and phone calls. They're yep. good enough to play. But now you've got a guy like Turner that's also, to, to his defense, is making a third position switch in three years. Right. Right tackle, left tackle, left guard, back to left tackle. <laughs> and he's probably not 100%. Right. Yeah. And when I bring up 50, I'm just picking on 54 because it just looks like, dude, how am I supposed to know if you're good if you don't give a shit? That's what it, just what it seems like to me. And well, I know, you, you Chris, gotta, I'm not supposed to cuss. No, you're fine. You, <laughs> you got to ask him. You got to ask, does he love playing ball? Or is he just good at it because of his size? Well, he's big. He's a wrestler. Yeah. But his arms, too, aren't... He's little. Yeah, he's, he's too big to play guard, but he should probably be at guard. T-Rex. A little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I bumped into his family at Minnesota last year, and they're good folks. I mean, no one sure. wants this if you're a Nebraska fan or a player. Right, right. But there needs to be some some, uh, some relief. If well, and you guys he- aren't getting it done because you're going out there, the offense is suffering... And, you know, you, you got to watch last year because you were replaced. They went back to you because mm-hmm. you had a better fall camp. Yeah, okay. supposedly. And get them coached up or make the decision to eject and groom them to be a backup. Well, and that's been the, at that point right now. That's been the problem with the Frost era, though, is retention and development. And that's he's a perfect example. He, he was recruited by a lot of good schools, and he came to Nebraska and – a lot of schools known for their offensive lines. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, he was a a good four star recruit coming out. And Player of the year in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, yeah. big guy can move people. Remind me, did Fleck offer him? Yeah, yeah. So. Did he? Okay. Yep. Because that's always like the he red flag. He flew a right? private helicopter to one of his games okay. to watch him play. And now, can I ask you, if he was in a Minnesota uniform, would he be doing what he's doing? No, now? he would neither be playing or be playing better. Right. right. Yes. They've, they've done well on their lines. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm getting at is like the frost era has been the lack of retention and development. And he's a perfect example of a guy that's like, we know what your potential could be, but he's never been coached up to his potential. Well, and part of it's on him too, to unleash the fury. Yeah. Right. Be, be an angry, the want, like be, want, want be an to angry guy. I don't care if you suck, at least show that you want to hit somebody or that you want to, Knock someone on their ass. I, I think part of him, too, is I think he is at the point where, man, this isn't going well again. So it's probably a confidence issue. Yeah. It's not a not give a shit issue. Right. Fair enough. I think it's a confidence issue. And yeah, that's and- the last thing I want to do is question someone's effort and all that. Because mm-hmm. that's the last thing that you should question. And it better be like you better be walking in order for someone to question and some of those guys that you face. I mean, think of the PTSD uh, last year off the edge. I mean, how many first, second, third, fourth round? No kidding. Consecutively to True. the edges face and you're giving up, you know, every 40% of all drop box drop backs. Adrian's getting, you know, his jaw rearranged. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. That's indicative too, of when you don't have the, like the depth and you don't have the older guys on the team, you have you you know you put those freshmen out there and they just get eaten alive and then yeah the confidence just goes way down it's like well maybe I'm not cut out for this guys got asked to play probably before they're ready especially right. Teddy Teddy is a guy that honestly it's probably a good thing for him to get just a couple months off of football now just just get healthy again and and start from scratch either with uh, a new staff or whatever's going to happen after this year it, it's probably a good thing for him because I think he's probably one of the guys that it's like we need to build around this guy. He's a Nebraska guy. He's going to be a guy that's going to buy into whoever's going to be the next head coach. So, by week coming up, you can't lose and you can't win. But <laughs> but what what would you consider a win during this bye week? Now, and I, I just want to preface this question with, ever since Bo left, there's always been this talk of 
weeding out the misfits. If you don't give a shit, just leave. Has it come to that point where you look a dude in the eye and say, do you, do you care about this program? If not, you need to go. I just feel like that's always been a consistent talking point, but it never happens. Well, that's a, a double-edged sword because, A, what if you're wrong and it's you as a coach that needs to get him better? True. Or, B, what if that does happen and uh, you're also on display as a, as a coach in a program where you're going to go into someone else's living room and there's some past history. Oh, you just cut this guy loose. Mm-hmm. Why should I send my son to, to play for you if there's a there's an eject point? It's your job as coach to get him better or find a spot for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the way you got to approach it. it. It's such a different world now uh, with recruiting and NIL and portal. And I feel bad for the coaches. I know they make huge sums of money, but you've got to re-recruit your team, it feels like, every week because you got a number of dudes that have been told since – AAU ball, how awesome they are just to oh, keep yeah. them happy and at peace <laughs> so they don't leave your ass. Right. Well, and, and today. That would drive me nuts. That would drive me absolutely being, nuts. Being pampered their whole lives, <laughs> basically. Today, you had Charlie McBride on your mm-hmm. show, and he talked about, and Charlie was saying, they don't, like some of these transfers, they don't know anything about Nebraska. No. Like, they, they right. why would they? You know, they came here because of their talents. Investment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you try to say, like, do you give a shit? I mean, the honest answer probably is no. Like, I, I'm here. It's, the pros. Yeah, it's like I mean, right. this is a business decision for me. So no, I don't give a shit about the Nebraska tradition or culture or anything. I'm here on a business opportunity for me to advance my career. Fair enough, and and that's where the other guys in the locker room got to rub off on them, right? The Nebraska kids, yeah, get them to care. Okay, <laughs> we are back from our break. We just refilled. We got our same drinks as before. I got a wick for brains. Got a taco Vesa. Mike got his. I don't remember. What'd you get? Alestorm. Alestorm. <laughs> and then Mr. Schmidt. The uh, Mexican beer. Yeah. Taco Vesa. Taco Vesa. Really good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like a Corona without the skunk. Like, you know, like the <laughs> skunky oh, we taste love this of most Mexican going. beers. Not to get sued, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We love the skunk. <laughs> okay. So. I'm trying. I'm trying to tread lightly here, fellas. I'm trying to tread lightly. Thank you, Walter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you. He loves that. Yeah. Um. So over this past week, we'll say we'll just say over this past week, even though things have been circulating for a long time, we will be NBNR TMZ, and we will talk about the hot mic. We will talk about former players calling into radio shows and saying things about the Frost regime. And I think the the main point that we can take away is a lot of guys feel that he was not ready for the job. And not just that, it was almost active, almost actively sabotaging, just like with some of the things that he did, some of the things that he didn't do. Some guys feel betrayed and they they got a Scott Frost that they didn't expect to get. The last thing that I would ever want to do is say I told you so because we all wanted to work. We've said it billions yeah. of times, billions of times. Um, it's just disappointing because he's the he's the guy that said over and over, there is nobody else that wants to make this work more than I do. And when you hear former players, and not just former players, but people actively in the department contradict that, it's it's. Very sad the way that it all turned out. And I don't know if you guys just want to touch more on that, but that's where I'm going to leave it. Well, and I think there was parts of the job you love and parts of the job you tolerate, and then there's parts of the job you hate. Mm -hmm. And without supervision, it's real easy to put off the stuff you hate doing. Get caught up in this stuff that's fun. Without yeah. supervision, it's real easy to just go try and be a rock star. You get the status. Get you're, money. you're a money cult hero. Yeah. And it goes to your head. It, it it just comes down to maturity, supervision, and uh, just being a grown-up. Yeah. And, and I think that's it. And, and you've got a lot of former guys that have chimed in. They wanted it to work. 
uh, because of, of what he meant to the program. And, and it's a guy that was torn. I think he felt obligated to come back. Mm-hmm. And if push comes to shove, if he had to do over again, he'd probably have stayed in Central Florida and taken a different job just because it was, you know, the monster that is Nebraska football. You got to keep feeding it. And the, the fear of failure probably crept in as well. I mean, there seems to be a lot of insecurity. And I think there seems to be, I'm going to talk big. And we all know folks that, that kind of shoot their mouth off and talk loud and big. And more times than not, someone that's got to talk it is really overcompensating. Right. And, and that to mm-hmm. me is it. And uh, I think Tom Chattel's column nailed it. Nailed it, nailed it. You, you mentioned how Nebraska fans and former players feel that have spoken out. I mean, the, the, the main reason you went and got the guy is because he knows how it was done. He knows how the sausage was made and what made it taste so great. Well, and Chattel paralleled it back to Steve Peterson. One of your air quote own was brought back to do it the right way, who knew how to do it the right way because they were part of it and witnessed it. Mm-hmm. They thought they knew better. Right. And that's that's the ego and the arrogance, too, that folks, all right, we'll put up with that, and it's got to work because in Scott you trust. Well, it was mismanaged. It was miscalculated, um, mm-hmm. and he'll, he'll figure out what he wants to do, whether that's latch on it pro football or be an OC, but clearly oversight and supervision is something that he had zero interest in. And it seemed like when Trev came in, it was like he, Trev probably stepped in there and was like, wow, like what is, what is going on here? And you mentioned Scott, when he, before he took the job. I hardly know the guy. Yeah. I have people that I know that know the guy really well. And, You just, you know, the whole smoke and fire and r- rumor and innuendo. And I don't right. go into that TMZ wise, TMZ wise, because there's other stuff to talk about. And right. There's Always juicy is. and drama and all of that. But yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. And he's gone. Trevor's classy about it, super classy about it. And then there's some people that, that clearly are frustrated with how he walked all over and treated this product yeah right. um i will say in their opinion yeah i will say that i feel like and this is going to sound crazy right now but i feel like the whole frost tenure is ultimately going to be a good thing for nebraska football and a few reasons that i have here on my list oh boy it debunks the nebraska guy theory ne- frost is the ultimate nebraska guy you need a nebraska guy nebraska connections didn't work. You need someone that knows Tom Osborne, has a 90s connection. No, no, that didn't work either. Knows how the sausage was made. We we need a splash hire. You got to be a guy that's willing to, to cook it with the <laughs> recipe. Very. Yeah. And that's 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 why so many of us have been, got to get a Nebraska guy who gets out of win Nebraska's way. Mm-hmm. And that's walk-ons development being the toughest, most hard-nosed football team, right? And and that's that's going to win you games. You will outlast your opponent. Yeah, yeah. And and another thing is, now that you've seen the Scott Frost era play out, now you know the philosophies really, like on field philosophies. Who cares about the off field? The on field philosophies that do not work. So now Trev can go out, and he he's got plenty of time. You can pinpoint a guy, and he doesn't need to be the anti-Frost, right? Because that's what you did with Riley, because he's the anti-Bow. You don't need to go extreme, but now you you have an idea, and you can narrow down and parse through who is going to be a fit here. And we can get in coaching. Coaching situation, coaching names. Yeah. Or, uh, go go. Yeah. So right right before we get into that, okay. I do want to say to your point, Trev walked in and was like, "What's going on?" Presumably, and you have to imagine Mickey, based off of his comments the last couple weeks, you have to imagine he probably did the exact same thing. 
Yeah. He, you know, it, he comes from LSU, mm. comes to Nebraska, and then realizes that we're not tackling in practice or, you know, for four whatever. Years. Yeah, whatever the case might be there. And, you know, he has to, he had to have just walked in and been like, and it's not, wow. it's not a secret that after Scott was like, oh, Trev says, I need a grinder. I need a guy that doesn't have hobbies. This needs to be his life mm-hmm. because Nebraska, fo- Nebraska football is different. If you let up for even a minute, it can go awry. And I, I think we saw that. But let's get into names, okay? The ultimate headache. <laughs> <laughs> Urban Meyer. Where I stand is you make the call, you make him say no. Uh, sounds like he probably did say no. Just let's just go around. Urban Meyer's anything I changed? Mike? I still don't think he. Like <laughs> I don't know why you get the assumption that he might have said no because if you listen to the way he broadcasted and talked about Nebraska during that big we new kickoff, want Urban. He, he, I mean, he loved that. Oh my god! Not to mention he was at Old Natured Factory in Omaha, you know, enjoying himself, you know. But smelling his fingers. <laughs> but but I'm, I know he had a great <laughs> steak with Reggie Bush. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Thur- Thursday night. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the meeting. Yeah. Let, let's start here. Okay. The meeting happened. Correct. It, I mean, didn't it, Chris? Chris. <laughs> Chris, you were in on the meeting. How did it go? Yeah. How did what it go? <laughs> Urban. Urban rode the elevator up and stared through everyone's soul. Good. Oh. Like burned Andy Pettit style, right? Yeah. Yep. Welcome <laughs> to through you. Grunted yep. a few times. Uh, <laughs> no. Here's here's the thing. Urban would. Take this job because of Urban's ego. Yep. And I am the god of football. He respects the hell out of Osborne and patterned his physical inverted veer, you know, his zone read based off of Osborne's options. So there's, he has admiration for T.O. Yeah. Great. So what we don't know is, is he the, is he this, is he still the same Urban flameout? Five and done, Ohio State, or three, or whatever it was. Same with, with Florida, because he didn't have a quarterback the year he went eight and five. Mm-hmm. They had to kick uh, Cam Newton out of camp, off campus. He was supposed to succeed Tebow. He had both mm-hmm. those guys. <laughs> That'll help. And, and then Utah was good, but Utah wasn't quite in the Pac-12. They were the Mountain West. Okay? Yep. And then you came from the MAC. He was hired originally by Lou Holtz in Notre Dame, kept on by Bob Davey. So, dude can coach, put a staff together. He's super detailed and demanding. So, he's not fun to play for, but he gets you the league. Okay. Hmm. So, all those things can can be, you can lay that out. He's 58. And is he going to find, is he going to have somebody on, on his staff that he can hand off to where you don't miss a beat? Right. And Nebraska is at a hell of a lot different spot than walking into Florida with a cupboard full. Walking into Ohio State with a cupboard full. Yep. Okay. Yep. He's built a little bit and probably did what's similar to what Frost did is looked at a spot. Central Florida wasn't that far removed from being good. They had a, a psycho at, at, at quarter at uh, at coach mm-hmm. in in O'Leary that the team quit on. Yep. Scott came in and made him feel better, and then they were great. They had a, they had way <laughs> too much talent for the league they're in. Yeah. Okay. Similar to what Urban probably scouted out in the MAC, and similar to what he saw in Utah with all the JUCOs and Bill Bush as his right hand guy as a recruiter, bringing him Alex Smith. So it could totally work with Urban, but it's a short term potential deal based on his history. Yeah. Is that something that you would be okay with? Like if you if you can guarantee nine it's, it's plus the, wins it's or the whatever. Why, well, but nine isn't good enough for Urban. Nine yeah. nine's like I better get that year one. Right, right. Okay. So he can get you back to the mountaintop, but then it's what's going to come up, either off the field or air quote health related, that, that <laughs> leaves you okay. That was fun. How do you sustain? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's been a rental car. Right. Yeah. We need to. We need you to lease or buy. Well, and you hope that does that he, he mad, would find he have, a Ryan Day, right? Does he have a Ryan Day waiting waiting on staff? Yeah. I, I like, like, listen, let's see what Mickey does first and foremost. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, because Mickey's been gutsy enough to take this this mess on. This mess. And then let's let's see how Lance does. Because he's a builder. He's So is Campbell. You need someone yeah. to build yep. versus inherit. It's always nice to inherit. Is it, yeah. right? is it, feel better about yourself if you're the one who built the business. Ask, right. ask Mickey Joseph about inheriting. 
<laughs> and let him tell you. He's he's loving it right now. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you know what, Chris? Let's let's go through your top three. Three. I know you got a top three. You got a one, two, three. Who's your third? My 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 number one is O'Brien. Okay. Okay. Just because you want to talk about like worst case scenario. Pen's Day. Grandpa rapist in the shower. Yeah. Right. I'm, we talked about that. And, and, yeah. And, and you still, you don't miss on all 15 of your scholarships that play in the league. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, so, and, and he's, he gets the Big Ten. He's old school, takes no guff. He's tough. He's a red ass. Big time. He hates people. Yeah. <laughs> but he loves football. Uh, so you have O'Brien, then you have Leopold, and he's done it pretty quick at KU, and I'm not crowding him. There's still a lot of right. season left, but they hadn't won three games in the last eight years. Right. right? I mean, he's money. And, he, and to your Nebraska guy point, yeah, he, uh, he shadowed under Frank, and he shadowed under Darlington and Charlie. I mean, he knows Nebraska. And then he went to UNL, and then he's built. He's built his own business, so to speak. People might write off the whole Whitewater but That's he built huge. a dynasty there. Oh, I mean, they won eight titles. Right. Six, Insane. Excuse me. It was, it, was, it was nuts. Insane. So give me give me Lance. Then there's Campbell. I don't think Fickle would leave Cincinnati because he's going to the Big 12. Yeah. And he's got whatever he wants post-Ohio State there. So I think he the next job he takes is if Day goes to the NFL eventually. What you do have that's nice is the SEC and the Big Ten are the new NFL jobs. Yep. Everybody's going to try and get in those two leagues because they're secure and they're printing money. And you're going to have eventually some coaches probably jump from the SEC or the NFL, excuse me, the SEC and the Big Ten to the NFL. Uh, but right now, those are the two leagues everybody wants to be coaching in. Nebraska, yeah, Nebraska will be at least a top 30 job, at least. And, you know, then you factor in the resources and et cetera. You're talking about top 20. Yeah. With, NI, with NIL, you can – and I think the, the in-state talent's really on an uptick. 100%. Oh, yeah. So – yeah. You you have talent here. You have more talent than you've probably had here for a while. So it's it's clearly not Florida, Texas, California, Louisiana, but it's not void. Right, right. And you're going to need some in-state kids to to be part of those grinders that beat the hell out of your five stars or four stars or three stars during practice. Back to that old formula. So Bill O'Brien's your number one, huh? Bill, Lance, and Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell. Okay. Now, Bill O'Brien, it's a little, a little concerning to me just because I, I don't know what his recruiting prowess is like. You know, he was at Penn State for two years. Saquon Barkley, good for you? Well, you know, look, he's all right. Godwin, okay. He, I mean, if he brought those guys in. But is he going to be able to do it at Nebraska where it's a little bit harder? That's the only thing I'm, I'm a little concerned about. Sure. NIL, but, baby. I hear you. I hear you. Hey, guys are going to make the make those money there. So. It, why does it why does it seem like the Matt Campbell name has cooled off a little bit? It just seems like even though they want they dominated Ohio, whatever that's worth, hmm? it just seems like that name has just really cooled off a lot. Well, I think you've got some momentum with with Lance because he's absolutely. he's won uh, at West Virginia and then they beat the hell out of Houston. Yeah. And what's cool about them is they're they're super physical on the lines. And KU in year two should not go down to Houston where Holgerson's at mm. and, and put up 50 and do so leaving them bleeding. I mean, they were physical, yeah. right? The quarterbacks fun. And, and it's, there's some, there's some option elements to it. Yes. It was fun to watch too. Like that yeah. game was, well, I had that on my all, TV. Did, I was like, oh, this is good. Did, did we all watch him upset Texas last year? Yeah. yeah oh yeah. How, how fun was that? Right. Of course we did. Yes. Horns down. <laughs> yeah, but th th there's no way in hell that should have happened. Yeah, ever. So, uh, um, Mike, did you do you want to throw anyone out besides those guys? There's nobody that I want to throw out. I I guess now that we have Chris sitting next to us, and you're mm. talking about these these the power two is what I call it. Yeah. And then anybody else, and I'm going to throw the Big Twelve in there is the, in the left out conference, in my opinion. So, one name that I want your opinion on is uh, Dave Aranda. Is he kind of in that fickle territory where you'd think that he probably isn't going to leave? Or what's your opinion on Aranda? I think he's pretty high level. I think you have Matt Rule as well, depending on how things go in, in Carolina. With with Aranda, I mean, Baylor's private, Baylor's rich, oil and Dr. Pepper oh, money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So 
they'll keep him. Yeah. And it's not like the Big 12 can't compete for a playoff spot. You just, you just got to win it. Well, you got to <laughs> win really it, but, but, he, but he has, or yeah. he's been close to it, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's him and him and Oklahoma State and probably Cincinnati, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's your pecking order once Oklahoma and Texas leave. Listen, a name that I don't care. I like him. I just don't think. Why would you leave Texas? Yeah, or recruiting. Yeah. Recruiting is just in just your go, back. Not only Texas. that, but I mean, the personality just doesn't match what you're going to be facing in Nebraska. True. Like, he he is not he is not the the press guy, the media guy. Don't he care. is not. Trev, Trev can pick that up. Just go get a guy that wins. And, yeah, I don't care what they do behind the mic. And, and you're right, not, you're not getting smoked. Chris yeah. Schmidt. Chris Schmidt. I need I need validation. Oh because my gosh! These guys, these guys hate, here we go. These guys hate my pick. Here we go. I shouldn't say my pick because Wance Weipold. I'm replacing the L's with W's. Is probably my number one right now. Jeff Munkin from Army. Okay, you love option football. I do, but here's the thing: people are gonna say, "Oh, option! It's old school. You're not gonna win that way." He, I don't think yeah, he, you can. It's, can well, you, you just can. find the quarterback? Okay. So you're kind of making my argument for me. I, I feel like when you watch Army, it's very old school. It's very basic. But you watch the Lance Leipold offense, and it would be revamped in that way where if you get a quarterback like that, holy. Jeff Munkin, my number two. Maybe my number one. I just need validation from you because these fucks. <laughs> no. I hate them. <laughs> Listen, when I hear Trev talk, when I hear Trev talk about culture building, people building, I see Jeff Munkin and I go, that's the guy that Trev is talking about. Right. But. Don't say but. but. No. Right. Don't. Thank you. No, you just, Chris. You, thank you, Chris. <laughs> I hate you. You're not coming back. You, that's fine. I'll just pour another beer. Uh, there, <laughs> there, there are better options. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. Lance Weipold. There's better options. Thank you. And maybe, the, the, maybe, maybe the best option is down there right now. That's fair. Right. Touche. Hey. I just, I just want, I want you to defend me, Chris. Hey, he pissed, he pissed on your Cheerios, though. No, he didn't. Cool. Yeah, we love that. <laughs> we love that. And maybe he can do it, but he can do it. I don't know. And Tre- well, Trev's to your point. Tre- I think Trev's son went to Army, didn't he? I, I mean, he's definitely military. No, he went to, he went to, to Army, West Point. There was a graduation. Chris? So it's not like Chris Munkin and and Trev haven't probably crossed paths. Chris. <laughs> But, it's happening, isn't but, it? But they may go. They may go Calhoun at Air Force before they go oh. Army. Can I throw another name at you, Chris? Sure. What is your opinion on Jim Leonard at Wisconsin? Ah, yeah, I think you're at the point right now where you got to hire a proven head coach. Okay, yeah, okay. So, so you're exactly in the same boat as us. He's he's money, and he he may be the heir apparent at Wisconsin. He's like 39 okay. years old. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, wherever he goes, he could be there for a very long time. But I think he's like guaranteed the job at Wisconsin. He may yeah. stick and stay. Yeah, Chris yeah. isn't that old, but but Leonard's young enough. Barry loves him. Okay. Yeah, and, and if there's should. they're good. If there's anything we know about Wisconsin, they'll keep it in the family. You know, if if they're able to do that, they will try to as much as they can for sure. Yeah, and I mean, like with that, I, I'm not really looking forward to seeing somebody learn how to be a head coach especially we just, we with just this did mess. that and <laughs> i mean and i mean that. as much as i'd love to see like mickey succeed and stuff it's just like he's learning as well he's learning right now and he's learning how to rebuild this and, and figure out exactly what's going on and how to fix it same thing with leonard it would just be him coming into lincoln and trying to figure out the best way to go about things and i just i'm not really interested in watching somebody else try to re rebuild for their first time i just want a defensive guy in my opinion i don't i don't know if he's out there i don't know if he exists right now and and all the names that have been thrown out there but like i want a guy who wants who has a defensive mind first does not care about the big 10 adjusting for your offense kind of bullshit i want a guy that focuses and emphasizes defense your uh, perfect combo exists right now in oklahoma oh yeah 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 uh, with their uh, head coach Venables, and I then love him. I love Venables. Why? Libby, Why? Libby at, at OC. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So he's always been high flying, but two patty cake under Lincoln. You bring in Venables, and they got some dudes playing ball now. That's PB and J right there. You got peanut butter and jelly just freaking going at it. Yeah, Oklahoma's scary because they're always known as the 
non-defensive, high-flying think, think, team, but now they got Venables. how good their teams were right. without a defense. Where they, where they had to score 50. Right. <laughs> yeah. We saw it the, last Saturday. I, I just saw it in person, actually. <laughs> Imagine how good that offense would be if they had a defense, and then their defense made our offense well, it's perfect non-existent. Everywhere. It's perfect. And now they're going to the SEC. They got that defensive guy at the helm. I think they'll be okay. Venables is... They have the number one defensive line, our old buddy uh, Dean Blevins. Mr. Sooner football to name drop like a scumbag. Sorry, but he's like, yeah, hey. we've got the uh, number one defensive lineman, a soft commit. Number one defensive lineman in the country uh, committing to OU over Bama. <laughs> wow. That says something, right? That might, that might do it. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and the Team Jack Foundation needs your help in the fight against pediatric brain cancer all this month. Listen for ways to join the fight, culminating on September 29th with the 10th annual Team Jack Radiothon, presented by the Home Agency. There is so much more that needs to be done when it comes to brain cancer research, and I am so grateful for the Team Jack Foundation. Get all the details at teamjackfoundation.org. Okay, well, hey guys, are we beginning to sign off here? Yeah, we Mike, have. Mike's we giving have, me the signal, he's doing have, this, whatever this means. Five minutes, <laughs> five minutes. Yeah, I'm throwing okay. things, throwing beer. <laughs> Good beer. Yeah, it is. It's really good beer. Um, 100th and Harrison, by the way, Nebraska Brewing Company. Well, guys, I, I don't have anything else to talk about. I don't really. It's yeah. a bye week. It's a bye hey, week. Hey, you know what? You know, Cheers to it's, winning the bye it's, week. It's not like we went over an hour to talk about nothing, you know? Appreciate you guys. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Chris, Chris Schmidt, listen to his show, Hail Varsity Radio, Spotify. I mean, th- this guy's. iTunes, Google Play, I, YouTube. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, 590, AM 590 now. Yeah, I mean, once they came into the Omaha area on radio, I mean, mm. that is my go-to in the afternoons. I'm just telling you that now. Yeah, and I am a podcast regular. Yeah. I, I listen religiously. I work from home, so I just sit there with my, you know, my Apple AirPods, and I just sit there and listen to Chris and, and Elijah. You guys are too and, kind, man. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, all those five-star reviews that you've gotten, it's him recreating. He's recreating. Yeah, new I just accounts. make new accounts. Five star. Kyle one. Kyle two. Kyle three. And because of the Monken uh, take, I'm down to one star now. Right? Yeah. I'm just gonna start clicking, 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 clicking. Let's go. I was trying to help you, dude. I was trying to help you, and you fucked up. Oh, All right. Well, Chris. Again, thank you. Appreciate your time. You guys are awesome. We'll do this again. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Cheers. Hail Varsity Cheers. Club too. Sometime. Yeah, absolutely. we'll definitely uh, have Chris Gorman host us at Hail Varsity Club. Gorman, the tab is on you. Yeah, That's right. Hundred percent. Have a good night. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, make sure uh, make sure you go follow Chris on Twitter at Schmidt what? underscore radio. There Schmidt we go. Yeah, make sure you go and follow H H varsity, varsity radio. I got to learn that too. Yeah. <laughs> early on Twitter, I tried to get you guys ta- tagged, and I yeah. couldn't find it. H Varsity. H Varsity Radio. Yes. Got it. And uh, absolutely. Fellas, you're the best. Appreciate it. Thanks you. a lot. Cool. Man. Thanks, Appreciate Chris. It. Yep. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Utter. He's a junkyard dog. Yeah. Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. Would you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad. G-B-R. A Huda Media Production.